It's the almost perfect podcast. Welcome to the almost perfect podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm both perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we're learning from P. Cutter. Now, uh, P. Cutter, real name Vadine Peterson, is a DJ slash producer slash events organizer. And uh, he's a turntablist extraordinaire. He specializes in hip-hop music. And while he's based in Josie, uh, he actually got his start in the music scene. And uh, his music career started right here in Durban uh, back in the day. So we get a cool little history lesson in this episode. Uh, we talk about a lot of things that, I don't know, some of you youngsters might not know about. Some bands, some projects, um, some radio stations, some, I don't know, just <laughs> lots of stuff that went down back in the day that uh, you might not know about. Uh, Vadim was also part of a band called Tree Houses on the Sea, uh, which Durbanites, like older Durbanites, will know quite well. They were really, really good. And we, yeah, we were like, they were one of those bands that we all were like, we're like, yeah, they're going to make it. Um, but as happens in Durban quite a bit, or at least used to happen back in the day, uh, we all used to latch on to these bands that we thought were amazing here in Durban. And even when the bands toured, people would be like, yo, you guys are so good. You guys should, you know, move to Joburg. And uh, that's what Triaz unless he did. And things unfortunately didn't really work out. So we talk a little bit about that. Uh, but yeah, we talk about how Vadim got into DJing, um, you know, how he stood out from the crowd, uh, what we get into, you know, vinyl, like heavily, we talk a lot about, you know, what makes being a turntablist, you know, something that he loves doing so much, and how it's different to, you know, just regular DJing, um, you know, what's the difference between hip-hop DJing and other kinds of DJing. And just all in all, we also learned how he navigated the DJ scene back in the day, how he got booked, how, you know, how he got put on and stuff like that, which I think will be pretty useful for some people. Uh, we also chat about his, well, he was a part of an events company up in Joburg called Cool Out. They did a lot of rad hip-hop events and stuff. So yeah, man, we, we get into a lot of different things. Vadin's done a lot. Uh, but he's looking to get back into the game in terms of DJing hard and also producing. He's producing an EP at the moment. So that's something to look forward to. I mean, I've only, well, I went back and listened to some other stuff now because he mentioned it. But uh, I'd only heard some work he had done with uh, Stogie T. And yeah, man, he's he's a talented producer. And he's also like, yeah, just a really good DJ. We also chat about uh, the current state of, you know, turntablism in South Africa, hip-hop DJing and that. We chat about Ryan the DJ, who's in like another Durbanites and stuff. So yeah, this is a, this is a dope chat. If you love, if you love hip-hop, if you love DJing, if you love history of Durban kind of stuff, and if you love hearing, you know, about how someone can make things work for themselves in the South African music industry, well, yeah, you're going to enjoy this podcast. I want to say thanks, as always, for listening. If this is your first time, shout-outs to you. Uh, if it's not your first time, also shout-outs to you. Much appreciated. Uh, been having a little bit of a rough time lately. If you subscribe to the newsletter that I send out sporadically, uh, you'd know that. Um, you would like If you've listened to previous episodes, you'd know I sent a CV for a job. I actually got the job. I started training for the job. 
And then they told me that, uh, yeah, they don't need people anymore. So no longer have that job. And so that's just been a bit of a roller coaster to go through at the moment. And uh, yeah, I wrote, wrote a thing about it. So if you want to know more about how I'm doing in terms of that, go, go check out the newsletter. I've posted it everywhere on all the on all the social media platforms. And if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, you can do so just by clicking on a link that should be wherever you find this podcast. There should be somewhere there. It'll say sign up to newsletter. Go sign up there. Um yeah, I'm looking to do more of those. I just wanna write as much as possible this year. It's very much one of my goals. And so I think the newsletter is a cool way to exercise that, you know, it's like little essays and stuff. And they'll be about a variety of different topics as time goes on. Um, other than that, you guys know the deal. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, the Almost Perfect Podcast there. We're on Twitter, almost underscore podcast. And yeah, just share this thing, please. Let people know about it. Um, I'm hoping, you know, it grows a little bit more than it has been. I feel like the last few episodes have really been quite good. Um, <laughs> I think it's getting better, man. Like, I genuinely, like, I listen back when I'm editing this. I'm like, cool, you're actually doing a pretty decent job here. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're listening. You're filling in with, like, nice questions, with interesting anecdotes and things like that. So, I don't know. This is becoming a podcast I want to listen to. And so maybe your friends want to listen to it too. So let them know about it. Uh, just share the thing wherever you can. You can also like and subscribe and do all of those things. Leave comments. Uh, reviews on iTunes matter. Those are things that people really care about. Uh, well, not people, not like you and me people, but uh, the people in terms of the algorithms and things like that. So the algorithms and blues as uh, the Weed Dealer song goes. And uh, yeah, other than that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. Uh, that is where you can subscribe to our Patreon account. This is a thing that people do overseas, uh, which we can also maybe do here. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. A few people subscribe to it. Uh, it's basically like a level of, um, I don't know, like you get extra access to the podcast. Like you can ask questions and you can suggest guests and stuff. Like this week I put out a post asking, you know, who wants, who do you guys want to hear on this podcast? And there were a few cool suggestions uh, put out there. And I know I've been a bit slack with the asking people to ask questions, and I'm gonna do that a bit more. So if you wanna if you wanna ask guests on this podcast questions, and you wanna suggest guests and stuff like that, we also do giveaways and various other things. Uh, yeah, go over to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. There's two tiers, I think. There's a dollar and there's five dollars. So it's like the buy me a beer tier and the buy me a banky tier. The buy me a beer tier is like 14 rand a month, and the buy me a banky tier is like. 50 rand a month or 60 rand a month, I think. Either way, yeah. Head over there, patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. And other than that, yeah, I don't really have much else to share with you at the moment. Uh, here comes the almost perfect podcast with P. Cutter. So how are you living, Vadim? I'm good, man. Thanks thanks for having me here, bro. It's like, uh, it's really good, you know, to be back in Durban. It's like my first Durban trip for 2020. 20 plenty, as everyone has been calling it. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, it just feels good to be back home, you know, um, this is like, uh, Durban Hall is a very, very special place in my heart, you know, it's actually where I started my career as a DJ when I moved here um, in 2002 from Joburg. Um, so yeah, it, it really, it, it, it has a lot of sentimental value being back here and like, you know, just seeing how also the city has changed, oh, yeah. you know, culturally, ag agriculturally and even from an entertainment perspective because there's so much more now 
than it was before when I was here, you know. So it's just good to see Durban finally getting like, you know, getting somewhere, um, especially for like the youth and, you know, because it wasn't, I, I, not, not that I don't think it wasn't youth orientated, but there wasn't really much for the youth to do that time. No, you know? Durban's yeah. always had this weird thing of like, a bit of a student culture, but not really. Yeah, yeah like, true. Yeah, very true, man. Very true. So it kind of seems like that's grown a bit yeah. in Durban. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just nice to finally see that there's options. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, you that's can do thing. multiple things. Yeah, now account. there's more things than just having to go to the beach or going to a, you know, a Sharks game or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what brought you here in 2002? Uh, to, to, um, well, so my father, um, he's late, uh, rest in peace, uh, was, a, was a jazz musician. Uh, he was a jazz pianist. And uh, he, he had been contracted at Sun City. He used to play in the Palace Hotel. Uh, he used to play piano in the Crystal Court. Um, and he was contracted there for like, just over a decade. So when his contract ran up, um, he had an offer from Durban. Uh, I can't remember what the place was called. I think it might have been called the Blue Lounge or something like okay. that. But it was like in Mshlanga or something. It's like Ooh. somewhere like that yeah, side. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he got this contract to... To, to, to be a resident playing piano over there. So he was like, yeah, Sun City doesn't look like they're going to renew his contract. So he was like, yo, you know what? Um, yeah, let me go, you know, back. Because he's also, you know, also Durban Knight. I was actually originally born in Ladysmith, but a lot of my father's, um, I would say, like he's, the pivotal years of his career was spent in, in Durban. So he was like, yeah, let's just go back to Durban. So at that time, um, I had just finished with high school um, and I took a, a year break. Because uh, I just wanted to kind of like figure out what I was doing. And in that um, in that space, I was also kind of messing around with a few other things. I was actually studying culinary arts. Because oh, nice. I was very interested in like, you know, cooking. And yeah. like, because I, I, like, I almost felt like, you know, making music and cooking was kind of like the same thing. I was about thing. to say, yeah, you know, there's like, so many similarities yeah, between exactly. teaching and cooking. Yeah, like, exactly. It's using yeah. different ingredients. Exactly, like, yeah. And you yeah, experiment yeah. with it. And, you know, so like, I, I took a liking to it. Um, and when I decided that I was going to... F- Fully going to music um, was actually when I moved to Durban, and um, so I would say it was it was my father moving here, but at the same time um, I wanted something different as well. You know, sure. I spent a, I spent a majority of my you know my youth in in Joburg and in Rustenburg because um, that's where okay. well not re- actually Rustenburg we stayed on Sun City, uh, but Rustenburg was the closest city to yeah. us. So um, I mean, those I was up and down, you know, throughout my primary and high school from from Joburg to Northwest Province, um, and I also kind of feel like I just wanted something new as well. Um, and uh, to be honest, uh, like my parents and them actually cut me off. They were just like, "Yo, if you want to stay in Joburg, you you need to provide for yourself, then you know, because we're not gonna pay your rent." And you're and like, that, yeah. I and can't do that. Right look, now. I I did try. I won't even lie. I did try. I think I survived for like seven months. Yeah, not bad. Um, for, yeah, I, I survived for seven months, but it was Especially just back then. Like, yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. But I, was, but the thing is, I was staying at a friend's house with his family, and you know, it was kind of getting a bit awkward after a while, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, like and things were things weren't really picking up as quick as I wanted them to, especially with from a DJing perspective, because also at that time there wasn't a lot of spots yeah. that were open, you know, and and, and, and hip hop was still yeah, well. yeah, and hip hop was still you know coming up um, as a, as a culture in even in, in the country, you know what I mean. So there wasn't really a lot of places. So when you were getting bookings, they were far and, and in between, you know, because like I said, that there just wasn't a lot of parties. If I was a house DJ, I would have gotten a lot, a lot of more gigs. Um, so I was just like, you know what? Uh, let me, let me rather to see what's up in Durban. You know, my pops also kind of helped me out because he was like, yo, come down here. I've got a friend who um, owns um, a sound engineering school. His name was Bruno Redoff. Uh, very popular, famous musician from Durban as well. Plays piano as well. 
owns a few studios in in in, in the uh, well around Durban. Um, I wonder if he's actually still around. But uh, but yeah, so uh, my father knew this guy, and he was like, "Yo, oh, you know, this guy can, you know, teach you like give you a course for like a like a special price, like a friend price kind of <laughs> thing." So and I thought about it, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to study sound engineering, so I was like, okay, cool, let me, then you know, gives me more incentives to come down. And then I moved down 2002. It was cool. I did the course. To be honest, the course was a waste of time um, because all, all that happened was I did it for like, I think it was eight months. I got a certificate and I was sent on my way, you know? That uh, happens a lot though with those like music courses, especially in the age of YouTube. Yeah. Like you can, a lot of the stuff that you can go and learn from an official place, it's just about having the certificate. You can get that, mm. you can get the education just by doing the thing. Like literally just by getting records. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, very true, man. Very, very true. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I just want, but, uh, like, at least it taught me a lot, you know, it taught me about how to measure sound, you know, cinematics and all that stuff, yeah. and... And this um, was before YouTube, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was it was cool, man. I did learn, and I did use a lot of what I learned um, in my DJing career, but I thought that after that, you know, I was probably going to be offered a position in one of his studios, you know, it was, like, maybe a, you know, junior sound engineer or something, it wasn't even like that. He was just like, oh, well, here's a you certificate, got, yeah. you're good. Good luck. So, you know, good luck, go out there and... You know, and did it get learn. you? Did it get you anywhere? Nah, not at all, man. Like I tried to apply for like like radio spots, like East Coast Radio. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was that other spot called again? Um, I think it was. What was that radio station called? Because uh, I remember that time it was like it was Cozy, it was East Coast Radio, it was Lotus, Lotus yeah. and there was something else. There was another radio station that I think kind of became Gagasi, uh, but I can't okay. remember what what it was called. There was this other radio station was. Pres- perceived as the youth radio station yeah i'm trying to remember yeah. now because i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah i also can't remember the name of it yeah and then obviously there was dyr urban youth radio but that was a community-based radio station yeah. at time so Still i was is. like yeah oh is it oh yeah. wow i thought it was different because i see they've got like a nice studio there in florida yeah that's stuff. like sponsored yeah. and stuff essentially like oh, they okay. work they work good deals with um the people who manage the properties on oh so okay i see it's a cool right. deal because you know they, right. like through the radio they bring people mm. you know to the or bring awareness about yeah, yeah and stuff okay, like that cool. so they I, that's actually pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah, yeah so the so i was like when i done community radio station when i was in joburg i used to be on v vos voice of soweto Okay. Um, so I know community radio stations do that? not pay, you know? Yeah, not at all. So but did you like, find that experience nah. useful though? Uh, where? At, at VOF. Oh, VOS. Uh, yeah, VOS. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Um, that was my first introduction into radio. I used to co-host on um, this one DJ show, DJ Bionic. Uh, oh, cool, who, yeah. Yeah, who actually became my mentor, um, was the guy that actually got me into DJing. And uh, yeah, he used to like give me a little segment, like a fifteen minute, twenty minute segment, where I would talk about like hip hop news and you yeah. know, like give a youthful perspective because I was the youngest guy in the room um, at that time. So yeah, so that was pretty cool. It gave me the introduction, um, and I also learned how to use like a desk and yeah, stuff, yeah. And, you know, how to put on mics, mute mics, and all this answer calls. You've seen those mixing desks for the first time. Yeah, it's quite, quite yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it is. Like desk there, like yeah, yeah like we like it's not just a, like a little four channel mixer. It's, no <laughs> man, it's so like there's so many different channels and there's all these buttons and you're just like, yo, what do you do? And then at least they were just like, no man, these are the most important. Yeah, ones. That's to switch it on. Like, that's to switch it off. That's if you're gonna answer a call. You know, like I was like, ah, oh, once I had that, it's like, oh, this one here plays the jingles. You play the jingles of the laptop of the computer i'm like okay cool there we go like i know you know i know how this works um so yeah so that was my first experience into it and then when i was trying to search for something to do here um, but i was looking more for producing like shows yeah. as opposed to like trying to do my own show and obviously you know i, I had no experience nobody knew who i was i was this new kid from 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 joburg you know 
So it's just like it got to a point where I was kind of becoming depressed a bit because like nothing was happening, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I took a bit of a break. Um, my cousin who used to work in uh, the wild at the Wild Coast, he was a croupier at the Wild Coast. His family loves working at yeah, casinos. Yeah, right? yeah, a lot of them do. But he actually grew up that side. Um, his his father was like used to do the um entertainment setups at at Wild Sun. Okay. Um, so yeah, so like we all, that, that was actually a place we used to go f- to for, for holidays, you know, the Wild oh, Coast Sun. Cause if you're at Sun City, like you can't go to holiday there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. So we used to go, we used to go there. Um, so yeah, so he was working there and he was like, yo man, why don't you just come through here? Let's see what's up. You know, maybe, you know, you can either take a break or you can come and check what's good this side. So that was in Port Edward. So I stayed in Port Edward for like, I love Port Edward. Yeah, about five months, five or six months. I stayed out there. Um, it was cool. It was just a nice break. Yeah, it's very quiet. <laughs> It was just a very nice break to take, and it also kind of like got me, my mind straight, you know, at the same time. Um, and when I came back to to, to Durban, um, my aunt actually hooked me up with a job. She was like, yeah, Dean, you know, you can't be doing nothing, you know, yeah. like, here's a job if you want it. So I was like, okay, cool, what's the job? And she was like, you're working at um, telephone betting at, at Gravel Racecourse. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Am I, am I a call operator? She's like, yeah, I'm like, yo, I hate that job because call operators, like, yo, they have no lives, to be honest. Yeah. You know, especially if you're working for, for, for like an operator that, operating company that requires you to work over weekends and the weekends are the most important. So your weekends are gone. So it was just one of those things like the and that first. that conflicts with your DJ. Yeah, when you, especially now I'm still trying to, you know, I'm still trying out. And so, you can't tell people like, oh, I can't play that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go to my <laughs> yeah. job. So, um, so it was funny, like the first, uh, almost a year I think I worked there, um, I was a call operator. And then I just, one day I just went to my boss and I was like, yo man. I don't like this position. Not that I don't appreciate it, but I don't really like it. Um, and it's 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 nerve wracking, man. Because you know, you, sometimes you're dealing with punters who have like Big crazy money, money yeah. you know. And if you make a mistake, that comes out of your pocket. Yeah, I worked at Hollywood you know? Bets for a while. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and, like, I did a different job, but and luckily I never had to like pay for any of my mistakes. Yeah. Because one mistake I made cost like eighty grand. Wow, I made a mistake for I think like it might have been three point five. Oof. But there was, yeah, 3,500, but there was... Oh, a, no, I was yeah. a million. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> hell, I wouldn't be here if I would have left the country, man, shit. Um, yeah, no, no, like 3.5, like, was my highest mistake. And but when I worked there, there was a lady that made a mistake for, like, 60K. And I was just like, damn, man, like, you literally have a job for the rest of your life. Because obviously they can only take a certain percentage, percentage of, and then they pay a certain percentage as well. But the majority, I think they pay like 30% and in the 70s is, is on they, you. That can't you know? be legal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pre- I'm sure it's not. I, I don't know. But that time it was crazy, man. Like, so everyone was on their fucking toes, you know, because yeah. you don't want to make this mistake and you're trying your best to pay attention and listen to the numbers and listen to the type of bet. So the good thing with me was that I, like, I was very vigilant and strict with work, you know what I mean? So I was there on time, you know. Um, only time I wasn't there was when I was sick, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So my boss kind of saw that and he was like, okay, look, man, you, you actually have done pretty well. Um, you did make that one mistake, but you, you worked it through. I did extra hours so, just so I could pay it off. Um, and he was like, okay, cool. There might be a position opening for you. Uh, well, a position opening up that you can apply for. I was like, okay, cool. And so what's the position? He's like, no, working in the cold room. Now the cold room is the room that stacks all the, the, recording, um, the, the recording devices that listen to the calls. So when a mistake is made and a punter phones in and he's like, yo, listen, it was a mistake on my bed. 
then uh, we go to the cold room and listen to the to the um, to the bed to see if it was if it was correct. If it wasn't, if it's incorrect, we call the person down to the cold room. We let play the message for or the, the 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 session for them. They hear the mistake. We see 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 where your mistake was, and then it's like okay, cool. Now we need to prepare them for how much the bed could cost. Sometimes it was sometimes it was nothing. Sometimes it was like crazy. I had to I had to break the news to this chick that she she owed sixty k. You know, like, and that shit is not fun, bro. It's like it's not fun for anyone involved. Yeah, because when she started crying immediately, and I'm and I'm just like, damn, you know, like I don't know what to do here. And that also was one of the reasons that made me like decide to push like my DJing more. I was like, no, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, you know. Um, and then when my father passed away, um, that was like the real last push because I was like, yo, my father was an entertainer. He was a musician. I was gonna you know, say, did you whole get like, life, a lot of your musicality from? Yes, him? yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he was a musician his whole life and he made a living off of this. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do the same thing, you know? Well, they're very so, different. Yeah, right? yeah, no, that is definitely, definitely very different. But I was like, I'm sure I can, you know? And there was a gap at that stage, you know? Like there was... Was, was, this, was a yeah. DJing an up-and-coming thing? Because I'm trying no, to... No, 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 not, not necessarily a DJing was up-and-coming, but um, there was a gap for a hip-hop DJ. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, because there were hip-hop DJs, but nobody was really owning it. Sure. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to push for this. I'm going to start promoting myself. I'm going to start going to all these places where I should be going to. So, you know, being seen, you know, doing gigs for free if I need to, you know what I mean? And it eventually started getting to a point where people started recognizing, oh shit, this guy has a pretty unique talent, you know, um, he's a pretty dope DJ that plays differently from most of the DJs that are here. Um, and then it, it, then it started growing, you know, it eventually started growing. And then I, like, then my nights were becoming more hectic and I was missing days of work. And then my, my boss had told me one day when I walked in, she was, he was just like, yo, Vadim, you need to make a decision what you want to do. Do you want to work here or do you want to oh, follow, your, you know, follow your career? But I, I'm, I'm happy that he gave me the option, you yeah. know what I mean? Because most people would just be like, look, man, you're slacking, whatever, you're fired type thing. But he understood, you know, and he was like, yo, what do you want to do? And then I was like, yeah, you know, I think it is, it is time for me to go. And he was like, yeah, I think, I think you need to do what you want to do. So that was my last day ever. I was actually supposed to work. I just went home. Um, and then I sat there and I was just like, yo, how do I make this work? You know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to push as much as I can. Um, and then I started visiting, I think it was, there was a radio station that used to be in Berea. Wasn't that Diva? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. yeah, before they moved to workshop and then yeah. they moved to Florida. Well, yeah. they did workshop yeah. then, uh, But then they moved somewhere else. Yeah, oh, yeah. they I, were at Bad Center. I started really? there. I was at Bad Center. Oh, and then we wow. moved to Florida. Yeah. I had no idea that they were at Bad Center. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, I think, like, the, one of the worst <laughs> periods for the... <laughs> really? Yeah, it was, wow. it was not great. You could, like, oh, hear, you could hear the uh, tugboats busy, like... Oh, and then they... Like, whilst you're on air, you're busy doing a link. Oh, that's funny. there's a tugboat. Which gives you the Durban flavor. I yeah, guess. shut exactly. But yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, um, so they went Berea Center. Yeah, oh, so 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 yeah, I used to go there. Um, Cause they were major hip hop back then. Yeah, yeah, they they, they had a few guys that were playing hip hop. They had hip hop shows. Uh, Swiss actually um, yeah. was 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 the was the homie that I used to go and check out. So Swiss also kind of like helped me out because he was like, okay, cool man, you can actually come and play sets here. I'll give you like half an hour. You can play your sets on here. Um, and I started playing sets on DYR and then eventually the name started getting out and then I, got, and then I became a resident at um, Hip Hop Nama Nights, which used to happen at Bad Center. Yeah. It was a castle thing. And when I became a, a resident there, then things, the doors really started opening because now more also, people. Yeah. It's also branded. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. And it's just like it was a really busy, like, uh, like that, I think it was every Thursday and it was packed, man. At one stage, I think the Nama Nights was like, re, was seen as one of the best parties in South Africa. 
at one stage. We used to get people that used to drive down from Joba just to see this party. Because they'd that, be like, yo. That sense has been like that at yeah. times. Like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah. And that year, it was then when, 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 when Ngaba was around, it was crazy, man. It was just sell it up. And it was free also, you yeah. know, so anybody could come. So when, when that happened and I got that residency and, you know, more doors started opening and then I started getting booked for things like the Vodacom Beach Festival when that was still around um, and playing. And you, but like, how do you do that? Like, and so you're saying you were just getting, you know, in the beginning you were like, I'll play for free, that kind of yeah. thing. How do you actually do that? Do you just go to promoters and be yeah, like... Yeah, man, I used to roll up on guys and just tell them, look, I'm a DJ, I uh, play hip hop. Um, and yeah, man, if you're looking for a hip hop DJ, like, just let me know. Here's my number. Give me a call, you know, um, and guys would be like, yeah, how much, how much do you charge? And I was like, yeah, you know what? First one's free. First one's free. So you can see what's up, you know, because I'd rather show and prove, you know what I mean? So when you see like, oh, wow, this guy's actually pretty good, then I can put value to the name, you know? So you put yours yeah. by getting your foot in the door. Yes, like exactly. Yeah. And once I knew I was in the door, I was just going to dominate that shit. But so you're, but like, that's the thing, you were working on your skills at home kind yes, of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had my own, my own setup at home. <clears throat> I used to practice like four hours a day like religiously um especially when i quit my job because then i was like i had the time you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and i mean like so so through these doors opening other really dope doors opened as well and then um i ended up being heard by trevor williams okay. who was on east coast radio yeah. and also like one, yeah, time, one, yeah, yeah, yeah one of the, like the most legendary dj presenters and um well yeah celebrities in in, in durban <laughs> and um yeah then he he heard me and he was like wow this guy is actually pretty dope uh he liked the way i play and he was like yo um well what sets you apart from other people at that time i think it was the skill to be honest like just your actual like, yeah like the technicality yeah the technicality because i mean there, there were there were djs like andre there was djs like um in Sega, there was um nk you know, Zeke, there were a few guys that were out there um, that were already playing, you know. Um, but And they were good DJs because they, they had a good ear. But they just didn't have but the technicality to go with it, you I would know? assume your name comes from that, your ability to, like, cut on the brakes. And yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I used to call myself, yeah, I used to call myself Paper Cut. Yeah, Paper um, that time. Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly, yeah, two Paper Cut. Yeah. And then um, I changed it because there were two other Paper Cuts in the country as well. <laughs> And it just became a thing because the other guy was actually a hip hop DJ and he was in Joburg. So that's definitely, um, con- you know. Yeah, it starts because we were start we were we were actually getting props for each other's work at one stage. Like people would come up to me and be like, "Oh, yo, I like that mix you did on you know YFM the yeah. other week," and I'm like. <laughs> Nah, that wasn't me. They're like, but ain't you paper cut? I'm like, no, there's another paper cut as well. I'm P A Y P E R K U T. He's P A P what P A P E R C U W T. But P cut just yeah. So no, so P cut that that was always like kind of like an alias that I used, which and I got that idea because I'm a very big uh, Jay Dilla fan. Yeah, I don't know if you might know him as a producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've okay, heard of Jay Dilla. Yeah, I know, dope, dope. Um, so yeah, so uh, I was a very big Jay Dilla fan and I mean, he, he used to go by the name JD before, yeah. J-A-Y-D-E-E and he changed it to Jay Dilla because people were starting to confuse him with Jermaine Dupri because he called himself JD as well. So he came up with the Jay Dilla. So I was like, paper cut, P cutter, Jay Dilla, yeah, JD. So, so you, you literally know? just like shouting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's basically how I came up with the P cutter. And um, Dilla is just like legendary. Yeah, yeah, man. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, that guy. Um, but yeah, so, so, so when that, so that was also the name changing, um, but yeah, but then I ended up getting on East Coast Radio with, with, with Trevor Williams. He, I used to play on his show, um, every Friday 
and that really helped that's me big. a lot, man. Yeah, like, that, especially that, at that time because they weren't yeah. like big into hip hop. Like. Yeah, no, not at all, man. Not at all, you know. And I came with the technicality, and it was through that radio station was where a lot of DJs started hearing me, and I started influencing a lot of other DJs as well. Guys like Ryan, the DJ. Yeah, and Ryan. And, and like, Ryan's amazing, point, man. Ryan is like my favorite hip hop DJ in South Africa. <laughs> period. Yo, that guy is. I mean, he. You know, he's like, probably. Like, it's hard to say the best, but like... No, for me, for me, he's, he's the best. Like, because when I look at him, like, he has everything that a, DJ, a hip-hop DJ should have. Yeah. He has the technicality, he has the ability to rock a crowd, yeah. he has the ability to read a crowd. You know, he's just, he's, re he's a really, really dope DJ. And, and like, it's weird because I know I did, I did influence him, but he, he, he credits me as, like, a teacher. And I'm like, but I never taught you, bro. You know what I mean? He like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I do understand, and, I, and, I'm, and, and I'm very, very honored for him to, to, to say that about me. But like I always, I always give him his credit, you know, because he's. I'm like, yo, dude, you no, did it on your own, you know. Like you know? when he won, yeah. when he won three star here in Durham. Oh I man, was I was like... so proud of him, man. Like I think I plugged his Instagram like the <laughs> whole day, man. I was just like, dude, I'm so proud of you, um, you know. And he and he, and he went further than any other South African DJ at the at the world finals. You yeah, know, exactly. he made it to the semifinals. So that was even even more proud, you know, because I was like. It was an ode, and it showed that how good this guy really was, you know. And it must um, be cool to know that your influence, in a way, like kind of small little way, led to that, you know. Like by being on East Coast Radio all those years ago, mm. like it inspired people, other people, because Durban does have a bit of a vinyl scene, like here, like we yeah. have, but it's its own thing, like it's mm. separate from like a lot of the other. It's weird, like like the party you're playing tonight, and you know the events you're playing tonight actually doesn't have like a lot of general hip-hop DJing or like, okay, you know, yeah. like turntablism kind of stuff. Oh, I see. That's yeah, all yeah. like done in like, you know, different areas. You yeah, shot. Yeah. But there is such a dope, dope scene like in Durban where like, you know, Ryan comes from. And, like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's represent. a lot of dope DJs, man, that have come out of Durban. Like, you know, Amith is another one who's also a Red Bull champion. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, he was I think 86. Yeah, yeah, he, he won. I think, yeah, yeah, the last year. Yes, he won last year. And then there was 86, um, if I'm getting his name, I hope I'm getting his name right. He's also really dope. I, I, saw, I saw his, um, his, his, his um, video for, 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 for Three Style. Yeah. His real, uh, what was it, reversal video or his promo video? But uh, it was really dope. And, like, it was mad creative. And I was like, damn, man, Durban's DJ scene is, like, turntableist DJ scene, the yeah. technical DJ scene is really on right now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's dope. It's dope. And it's... It's crazy that it's mostly the Indians, though. You know, yes, the Indian guys are like, they really taking it seriously. And I'm like, you see, guys, why are you not like this? You know, like the color black, white guys, this is where you should be. You know, you should take this shit seriously. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing about hip-hop DJ, man. It's an art form, you know. It's not just a, 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 a genre or a genre of DJing for you to just want to yeah, play you music. Yeah, and, you can't just beat match. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this this is the most, like, hip-hop DJs are considered the most skillful DJs of any genre. Yeah, because you know? it's really, really fucking difficult. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no doubt, like, the beat, the BPMs are, like, well, the yeah, way the beats are placed out, yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's very different. Yeah, some, some, some of them are on a half count, some of them on a normal count so yeah it, it is a very difficult i mean i know house djs that always used to tell me they couldn't mix hip-hop well no and i'm like no guys like look like the theory is still the same you but know mixing 124 mm. into 124 is pretty easy yeah no it is, it is it is but even like i mean even when i started djing like um when i started learning how to mix i used the same theory of just keeping the beats you know yeah. um, counting the beat like as long yeah, as i knew where the counts. kick and the snare yeah. was i could count it you know what i mean and like i don't understand why Sometimes these guys can't do the same thing with hip hop because it's like yes the beat might be off 
but it's still in it's still in accounts. You know what I mean. So if you're counting it properly, you will get a, it. But hip hop is a bit noisier, so I can understand yeah. people missing certain yeah. elements of it. You know, not yeah, no doubt. But I mean, hey, man, it, I I just think you need to just listen to the music at the end of the day because it's all it's all rhythmical, man. Like I can mix rock music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I can definitely you know? imagine. Like, so hip hop and rock actually do have a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's also a lot of off beats as well. Exactly. Of the drumming in rock music, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's it's, also, it's rhythmical. You yeah. know what I mean? You can mix it. So it's just about learning to count the music properly. If it's faster, count faster. If it's slower, count slower. You know what I mean? That's all you got to do, and you'll find it. You will eventually start getting the mix right. Um, but yeah. we also have the issue these days, I guess, of people aren't really listening as much. You know, they're watching like, yeah. because they're playing off of you know Tractor. They're playing oh, yeah, sure. stuff like that. Mm. So they're watching everything line up on the computer screen. They're syncing things. So <laughs> they're not. Button. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> You know, it's almost like kids these days don't even have the opportunity to develop those skills. Or they do, but they don't use that opportunity to develop those skills. Yeah. And you, like, had to learn because mm-hmm. you literally had just that, you know. Yeah. You don't have something telling you what your BPM is. You're counting. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, Bradley taught me that. Bionic taught me that, you know, when I started. Like, he... Because I remember when, <laughs> when, when, when he, actually, he actually called me out because uh, he was making a mixtape. And I was like, yo, man, like... Can I make? Can I? Can I? You know, make the mixtape with you. And he's like, "Yo, but <laughs> you how? It. How are you gonna? How are you gonna mix? How are you gonna make a mixtape when you can't even mix? You know." So I'm like, "Yo, man, then That's teach me. Love. You know, then teach me." So he taught me, man. And, and and the thing is, I picked it up really quick. It took me probably about three to four hours. To get it right, but that's only because of my musical background, because okay. I played drums when I was a kid. Because that makes so, a lot of yeah, sense. So the so rhythm, you know, yeah. keeping a beat, it was very easy. As soon as he explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay, I, I know exactly how that works. And then I started practicing, and then I was getting it, and by like, yeah, three hours later, like, he was like, oh, shit, you actually got it. And I was like, yo, okay, cool. He's like, yo, and then he just kept throwing records at me, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like, yo, try to mix this. Obviously, some of them I wasn't getting right yeah. because I had to learn how to use the pitch control still. Yeah, so you, you know? speed it up. Yeah, slow speed it up and slow it down and, and, and find where the, you know, the timing was. And that's, but, once again, yeah. very difficult on vinyl. Like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Like... That, that's why I always tell a lot of DJs, I'm like, especially DJs from, from the new school, I'm always like, look, man, I understand that technology is dope. I, I love it too because of the things you can do with it. But I always tell them, like, look, if you can learn to play on records, on vinyl, you'll be a much better DJ because there's no, there's no shortcut. You literally are working everything out for yourself. You know, there's no cue, stop button, there's no <laughs> sync, there's no a BPM counter telling you how fast the song. No, you have to do this specifically go f- from your ear and your skill. Um, and yeah, like, like, and I, I recommend that to any DJ um, out there with, for any genre that you play. Like, if you really want to understand and, 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 and become better, especially with mixing, yo, play off decks, man. Play off turntables. You'll learn really quickly. But then comes the problem of finding records to play with. Um, well, that, you know? That's what I'm going to yeah. say. Like, what's uh, the situation like these days when it comes to that? Because, you know, back in the day, like, it's almost like records were cheaper. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no. They were, man. Like, look, I still collect. Um, I, I, I mostly collect, like, classic albums, um, like classic hip-hop, R&B, whatever. Um, and yo, a lot of the time these things are hella expensive, man. Like I remember I, I bought, um, I think it was Travis Scott's, um, Astral World album for like, like 600 bucks. I was about to say, probably And like I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like how expensive this thing is, you know? And I remembered like back in the days, like 180 to 240 was like a full album. And yeah, you paid you know? the same price for CDs. Yeah, and like... a 12 inch was like 80 rand or a hundred rand, you know? Like it's crazy how, how very expensive it's now become. But it's also because... Like vinyl country in 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 South Africa, still it's it's it died and now it's it's coming back. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think 
around the world it's also starting to improve more you know but vinyl culture so hopefully yeah i know there was a big issue with regards to like vinyl culture becoming a big thing again and that like a lot of the old printing presses closed down and there's fewer of them oh yeah so there's a lot the reason why i've heard like the price of stuff has gone up Mm -hmm. is that there's fewer places making to, things to print. And there's, and yeah, there's yeah. More now that makes sense. That because I remember actually the the where a lot of South African artists to get their it's stuff printed was in Zimbabwe. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> very true. Yeah, the, that that was the one place. But now I see that Vistax is gonna release a vinyl presser, a home vinyl presser that can fit fifteen minutes of music on each side. So it's gonna be like and a singles. A, a, tw- a eight inch, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. So because that's a twelve. So yeah, the yeah. eight. It's gonna be an eight inch. I mean, you can press your own music. Yeah, 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 you can press your own music and put all the latest music on a wax if you want to. That was pretty cool, but they haven't, they haven't, it hasn't been put in mass production yet. They just explained the concept and they showed like what the machine would look like. Um, but I would like to. Be label, I yeah. wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how much it's gonna cost though. Cause like. Well, the I'm, first one will be expensive, but yeah. like five years time, it'll like probably. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, a vinyl presser. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it might be. Print a vinyl presser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it might be like forty, fifty k or something like that for that. Yeah, but then yeah. if you think about it, I mean, you know, you can make that back. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, if you if you're making records for other people, yeah, definitely, you can definitely make it back. So yeah, that's exciting, man. You know, and it's nice to see vinyl culture, you know, making a comeback. They just gotta do something about those prices, though, man. Like at least at least make them four hundred or something, you know. Like yo, six hundred is just like damn. So if I want to buy two albums, I'm paying twelve hundred rand. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like I twelve hundred back in the day, I could get four records, five records, full albums, you know. But Serato has at least made that a little easier though. Like where you can just use their like I don't know what they're called, but like you know the dummy. Oh, you're talking about the time coded records. Yes, time-coded. yeah, time coded records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, no, that is dope. Um. I mean, obviously, you want to play the originals. It's yeah, a whole different experience when, like, you bring a crate, like. To, yeah, exactly, like, and, and and there's a and party you're just selecting yeah. as you're going along. Like, yeah, sure. No, no, there's a party that I actually play in in Joburg. I actually played there last week. It's called Crate Digging Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, and that's an all vinyl party. So they that because of that party because I'm like kind of like a resident there, so I play like every second month. Um, and that party has actually made me start collecting again, you know, and I've, and I've been trying to collect most of the more, more like, recent stuff. Because a lot of my stuff I have is, like, you know, the old school stuff. Yeah. So I want to be that DJ that at least has some of the most recent stuff and being able to play it, you know. And so, mix it in with the older yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. so it's nice, like, for me to be able to play some shit and then drop Kendrick Lamar. And people are like, what? Yo, you got this on record, you know? <laughs> like, I even remember the, the one, the one, one of the promoters of the event, uh, Horsey. I, I can't remember what song it was I played. Um, and he actually came to the DJ box to see if I was playing a record because he was like, what? And he looked at me, he's like, okay, cool. So you got this on record. That's cool. So that's that, that that's the one thing I like about it. It's like, yo, I've got this stuff on record. And you know, records are collector's items yeah. as well, man. Like, so... So that's pretty cool, man. So um, yeah, think, let's just do something about those prices, man. Yeah, it must be awkward when like, yeah, you like basically spend your set fee on like four records kind of thing. Like, and you, yo, just, dude, like, you, and imagine, you play bro. one song off of each like record. You're like... <laughs> Tonight's fee got be four songs <laughs> for the next song gig, right? Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy, but it's it's, it's fun, man. I, I enjoy playing off of records. It's 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 so weird because like for years, man, I hadn't played an all vinyl set, and the day that they booked me for creating in society, and I played a vinyl set. Yo, I think that was possibly the most trashiest set I'd played in a while. Because you're out of practice. Because I was out of practice, man. Like, you know, the, like the whole thing of looking for the record. And, the timing and everything. You know, and, yeah. yeah, like, no, the mixing and everything was still no, cool. No, but I mean, like, the timing of quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's crazy, man. And then also, you know, you you kind of lose, you kind of lose uh, tact of, like, what 
BPM certain songs well, you know, like, so now you kind of have to think like, oh, you remember, yeah. yeah, did you remember this? You know, I used to write BPMs on some of my that, records. That's an old, yeah, like, tech, yeah, some of my yeah. records, but there's some that don't have it. So I'd be like, damn, what was this BPM, you know? So that, that, that was when I was like, whoa, yo, I need to actually start practicing playing on records again more often. So I try to do it like, especially leading up to creating in society, I always try to like play like just for an hour, mess around. And then at the same time, because I've also got a lot of records, so I, I go through my stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't played this in a while, you know, and I'll, I'll put it in the crate and, you know, end up going to the party and just play some different stuff from the last time, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but it, it's exciting, man. I, I hope, I hope that, that vinyl culture really does make a proper comeback. I mean, it won't, I don't think it will eclipse um, digital culture at no, all, it but it would be, yeah, but it would be really dope just to see more or vinyl parts. Yeah, it's just access makes digital way easier. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that, that is so true. Like, yo, and that's also a problem that I have with, with, with digital, with, with, with technology and digital technology of this day is that it's made DJing so accessible that now you get celebrities and influencers and people becoming DJs and it's like, what? You know, and now, and, and they're taking jobs from actual yeah, DJs. Definitely. You know? And they're getting bigger fees. Yeah, and like, they're getting bigger fees because they, 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 they have bigger followings because they're celebrities and, and so stuff. And so they bring more people you know, into the yeah, time. And it's, it's just, just like, like man, it's business, but it's like, yeah, it's not art. But, but you know, like for me, look, I'm not, I'm not against anybody making their money, you know what I mean? Because when I came up, nobody was trying to block me from doing shit, you know, yeah. because I was, I was more technically gifted than the next DJ. Everyone was like, oh, do your thing. So I'm like, yo, do your thing, but also realize that you, by you doing this, you're actually hurting the culture more than anything else. Culture, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because the, the thing with me when it comes to that is that you, the next generation or the, yeah, the upcoming generation see you as a DJ and they see what you're doing and they think that that is the, that's the, the, the standard. Well, that's the thing. You, know? you, you had people teach you what the actual standard yeah. was and like yeah. you showed other people like what the standard was. Yes, exactly. So, now this, this new generation, they're not showing anything. All they're showing is that you can get a laptop, get a controller, use USBs, no play, a top, no yeah, play a top 40 set, you know, as long as you know what the hardest chart, what's hard on the charts and you can get away with it, you we know? We used to get submitted so many mixes like that for DYR because we had like yeah. a mix section on the thing and I used to listen to them and just like, so many of them were just like the exact same songs. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, that, because that's why, because these kids are just, they're looking at the charts, you know, like, and it's so weird because like you have, the music is there, man, like, you know, you have access to there's like infinite library of music on you the net. You can almost always you know? play songs. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. So like we've become more lazier, I think, when it comes to, to doing research for music, you know, yeah. we've definitely, but it's so weird because the access is there, but we'd rather just take the easy, the easy route out, you know, because DJ, now that DJ has, has, has become, DJs have become the new, the new celebrities, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now, now everyone wants to DJ because they want to be celebrities and they want to make money and they want to get girls or get guys. You know what I mean? Um, and that is the wrong reason to well, do obviously. it, you know? You know what I mean? Because if you're not passionate about it, then you're just messing up the culture and even more. And you're just going to do it for three or four years. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm tired now and you're off to the next, you know, on to the next one. Yeah. So yeah, so, that, so, so that's the one thing that, that I don't really like about technology right now. Um, but I'm sure yeah. you've seen that in the DJing scene for a while with like with or without technology, you know, the celebrity culture aspect to it. Like, like think about like Gareth Cliff being a DJ, mm. you know, like he used to play at 54 all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like the guy, like, you know, can DJ. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Can, he can play songs. Actually, fuck, I, now that I remember, I remember listening to Gareth one day and I was just like, yo, this guy is terrible, actually. Yeah. You know, I was yeah, like, no, wow. He, he kind of, no, I, thought, like, I thought he was like a proper, proper DJ and I was like, no, he's no, actually not. A lot of those not. other femme people, yeah, like, he's not. 
can't like some of them are fantastic. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, no like, doubt. No, there are a few. Yeah, there are a few. Kid Funk. Yeah, there are a few that are really, really dope. Uh, I mean, Ryan is also on fire oh, yes, film as well. Yeah, so there are some dope DJs that are but there. Back in the like, day, yeah. like when you had the, like the celebrity Five yeah. FM DJ, yeah, 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 like, like that, where they would play like three gigs in a night, you know, <laughs> like at like all the pigs nights and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. actually, funny enough, when I think about it, back in the day, my favorite Five FM DJ was Derek the Bandit because he was such a rock star, man. Yeah. Like that guy, and he could play he as well. Good, he had know? good music. Yeah, like, he could play as well, but he was such a rock star, and that's why I liked him. I actually liked him more as a, of a personality than in a, as an actual DJ. Because like the way he handled things and the way he was like seen in the public, like everyone knew he was this wild ass guy, you know, that would snort coke off of fucking records while they were spinning, you know, like crazy shit like that, that, that Derek used to do. But no one ever like looked at him and judged him because everyone knew, yo, this is what, how this guy that, is. You that's know? what he sold you. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. He never, he didn't try to keep a, a squeaky clean image. He was like, yo man, I'm a rock star, you know, I'm out here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You know, that's what I used to love about Derek, where like he was just like, he he loved DJ culture like crazy, man. Like, and I and I just saw now like a few weeks ago he's still DJ. I was like, yo, Derek is still out here. I'm like, wow, that is so crazy. It's so good to see him. You know, he's still out there DJing and pushing, you know, pushing what he loves. Cause that's how you really see. You you can tell, you know, you can tell the, the difference between the people that are about it and the people that aren't about it. Like, never ever has a thought in my mind occurred where I was like, you know what? I think I'm done with DJing. I was I actually mean, gonna ask yeah. you that, like, as a question in this interview is. Has there been those moments where, like, because, I mean, but, like, it seems like it kind of worked out for you fairly early yeah. on, so you never... Yeah, no doubt, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no but, doubt. But, I mean, look... Were, they, they, were there those moments yeah, like, early yeah, on? Where I you mean, were, like, look, I, I would say, um, not, when, not, not in, my, in the early stages of my career, because I was very confident that I was going to make it and, event, you know, and I would get there eventually. What, but when what I, made you think that? Um, you just knew you were good? Just, yeah, well, and also that, because I could see that, like I told you, that there was a gap, there was... Yeah. No one was owning this whole thing of being like the hip hop DJ in Durban, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, I can do this, you know, because one, I'm, I'm, I've got the skill, two, I'm, I'm a good DJ, I've got a good ear, I know how to read crowds really well. So I was really confident that I could do it, but you know. You didn't what I mean? like think, you know, people aren't going to open the doors to me, like. No, not at all, because it, there was nobody. Okay. Like, there was nobody, like, there was just ample the market, opportunity. So you were yeah. Just like, I'm in. There was ample opportunity, man. You just had to know how to work it. And I worked it, you know what I mean, and and that that and it it, it, it ended up working in my favor, and I got all these opportunities, you know, and which were great. But then from there, because it's yeah. been a twenty year career. Yeah, yeah, but but when I moved to Joburg, there were there were doubts, because Joburg is a different beast, man. You know, yeah, like completely. you come, you come from a from a, from a city where you're, you're like the guy, you know, because yeah. exactly. I was like, yeah, I was like the the hip hop DJ in Durban, you know what I mean. And when I got back, to, when I got to Joburg, you're a hip hop. Yeah, I'm a hip hop DJ now. But on top of that, I'm a hip hop DJ. That's Dope. I'm better than most of the guys so in Joburg. Exactly. Blocking, so yeah. I was being gated a bit. You know what I mean? People weren't giving me opportunities because they were afraid Joburg, of me Joburg's taking. still like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> there will always be, man. There will always be. And you know, people are just afraid of you. And it's like, guys, you don't need to be afraid of me because I'm not here to take your spot. I'm just here to, to, to you know, yeah, to make, yeah, and, and create my own lane. You know, I'm not going to be playing in every club like you guys are playing. I'm, I want to I wanna do things more experimental. I want to play for crowds with a better ear. As compared to playing for crowds that are just coming to hear radio just a, hits, just and a stuff. Friday night. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was my thing. Um, and the first two years that I moved back to Joburg were a bit tough, um, but I was lucky in a sense of that I had really, you know, I had a lot of industry friends. Um, when I arrived in Joburg, one of the first guys that actually gave me a shout was the the LES from uh, oh, from Josie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he yeah. gave me a shout, and he was like, "Yo, Kata, how you moved to Joburg? You don't even tell me you 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 know you're in the city." 
And I'm like, oh, no, man, like, you know, I just thought you would be too busy. He's like, no, nah, man. He's like, yo, let's meet, you know, because I might have some work for you. And, you know, we met and I ended up DJing for Josie for a year. And that really helped me out because it put money in my pocket, one. And it put me into spaces where I was meeting people and going to clubs where I was meeting promoters. And um, I was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a club DJ as well. You know, I play music as well. I don't only just DJ for Josie. So, you know, if you have any opportunities that open, please let me know. And then it got to a point where I was getting hollered at by like the the likes of Czar and um, and Latinova and the bank when the, when they were all still opening back, Joburg yeah. back then, <laughs> you know. Um, I started getting booked at these places, and then it eventually, you know, like um, I started getting recognized the a bit thing is, more. Once you, you get know? up to those spaces, like mm. you know, and you do a good job. Yeah, people talk. But then, I got bored of it. Okay. Yeah, I got bored of it. I got bored of the culture. The culture of de- of clubbing in Joburg. Yeah. Not not DJing, clubbing in Joburg, because it got to a point of where people weren't even trying to hear when it's I was just playing. The jaw. Yeah, when I was playing music that was dope but wasn't popular. So yeah. I played I played tracks that are banging. The the beat is sick. The rapper is nice. But they've never heard it. But before. they've never heard it before, and they just don't they don't open up to it. So they just look at you, or they go to the bar, and now the next thing you're playing for like six people on the floor. Every and DJ got to, yeah, and, yeah, you know? <laughs> and it got to the point where I was like, man, fuck this shit. You know, like I'm trying to educate because that's the thing about a DJ. You you're supposed to educate the crowd at the same time while entertaining them. Exactly. You've got you know this what I mean? Love of music yeah, you shit. know. And, and that's the thing, like, yo, I would say out of, like, 100% of the DJs in Joburg, probably about 30% of them can do that. The rest of them just play generic sets. You know what I mean? And it, 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 it just becomes boring, man. It became too boring for me. So I left the club scene completely. I was like, yo, fuck this. I don't want to play in the club scene anymore. I want to look at events that focus on good music. So, like, festivals. Yeah, not even festivals, but just these other guys that were doing smaller events that just, you know, where you could play dope music. Events, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, not necessarily pop-up. You know, there were guys that were doing monthly events, you know what I mean, type thing, yeah. Um, so I was looking more towards that. And then just by chance, around the same time that I had moved to Joburg, um, there was this homie that I used to uh, liaison with from Cape Town. His name was uh, DJ ID, um, but okay. most, but everybody now knows him as Akio, Akio Kawahito. And um, he, he started this company called Cool Out Concepts yeah. um, in Cape Town. And he used to do like these dope-ass hip-hop parties, man, like... I used to always read about them in the hype magazine. Yeah, I, used to be I like, remember. Wow, like this looks so dope, like, yeah. you know. And then I finally got a chance when I went to Cape Town, um, and my one friend actually was like, "Yo, man, I want to take you to this place called Waiting Room." But uh, he didn't tell me it was it was cool out. He just told me the place. So when I get there, I see a kill, and I'm like, "Yo, this is cool out." He's like, oh, you know Kula. And I'm like, yo, I know this guy. So I immediately go up to Akio and I'm like, yo, dude, I am such a big fan of this event, you know. And he's like, oh, cool, man. He's like, yo, what's your name? I'm like, yo, I'm P. Cutter. He's like, holy shit, you're P. Cutter, you know. <laughs> so now so now we're meeting him, you know, we, we're building this relationship. And then it got to a point where he was like, okay, cool, yo, man. Um, I want to do some stuff in Durban. Can I holler at you whenever I come down? I was like, yo, cool, man. And then I'll do the same in Cape Town. They're like, cool. So we built this relationship. So when I moved to Joburg, he also moved to Joburg. And he moved cool outs with him. He was, I was like, gonna I, say, wanna, I know yeah. cool outs as well as being like a Joburg thing more than a Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, but it started so, in Cape Town, yeah. Okay. So when he brought it to Joburg, he hit me up and he was like, yo, man, listen, you know, I, I, I really respect you a lot as a DJ and I want you to be a part of this thing. Would you be interested in joining cool out? I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> you know, because this is like right up my alley, yeah. you know, and these are guys that focus on good music, you know. Mm. And then we, yeah, track, and then we started, yeah, we started building cool outs in Joburg and, you know, it was a really dope, I mean, we were, we were in Joburg for nine years. Yeah. And it was a dope experience, man. Like, um, I owe a lot to, to Akio, especially being in Joburg, you know, he, 
he helped me as well when it came to like just getting me into certain spaces because he always believed in my talent. He was like, dude, you're like one of the best DJs in South Africa. You need to be in these spaces. You know, and he's also a really dope DJ himself. So at the same time, he's helping me. He's helping himself. He's trying to help the company. You know what I mean? Um, and it was dope, man. We, we, we did some crazy shows, brought down some crazy internationals. Um, you know, I met, yeah, I, I, I had some, some of the dopest experiences working with Cool Out. Um, and then unfortunately last year we all decided, ah, yeah, you know, um, we're going to go our separate ways uh, and just rather like, you know, end Cool Out on a high because yeah. it was getting to the point of where we had two options. It was either we close Cool Out or we try to reinvent it. And reinvent, because it was starting to die out. I mean, like for nine years, nine years we, were exactly. extremely, we were extremely consistent, you know. Um, and now there's other things that yeah. are also popping up. Exactly, like, yeah. And it's, it's actually weird because a lot of the events that popped up were events that were influenced by us. Yes. And they had a lot of like our style in the, like the DJs and the music that I they mean, would they play. I mean, they still kind of do. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 true that, true that, true that. I mean, but we, we, don't, we don't look at it and like, ah, fuck these guys, you know. We're, yeah, we're just like, oh, you know, look at, look at how many people we influenced in the industry. You know, um, so That's yeah, so we were just actually like had an impact on culture, and that. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's weird how people complain about battling and stuff like that sometimes when it's more like kind of, but also mm. you know, yeah, like like you were inspired by other people, they yeah. were inspired by, by you. you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, man, I just think it's using a formula but finding your own way to do it exactly you know what i mean like like if you're biting if you're just completely <laughs> biting the concept that's that's some messed up shit obviously but if you're if you're using the formula and you're making it in your own way yo, i'm cool with that like you know but you better book before your events <laughs> you know what i mean um so yeah so um, yeah so we had our meeting last year september um and it just kind of seemed like yeah everybody had a had this you know uh, they were no longer attached to the brand um, and that also, and, yeah, you know, no, it does, man. That's, that's life, man. That, that's, not the first uh, company that events company I've been a part of that, you know, ended up, you know, shutting down. I was, I, I helped form run DBN with, with a one Wolf, oh, really? you know? So yeah, so that was a, the first, yeah, you know, that was the first company that I, that those, yeah, I left, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, they were, they were, you know what I mean? So, so it wasn't the first company. Um, I mean, it was sad to, to, to see it come to an end. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I look at what these guys are doing now, what Akio is doing now with his event stress-free, you know, and he's touring the world. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, he's touring the world doing it, you know what I mean? Because um, Akio's uh, originally from the States, you know. He's actually Japanese-Dutch-American. <laughs> Fucking crazy combination. Um, so he has access to all these places, man. He can do shit in the States. He can do shit in Asia. He can do shit in Europe. And that's what he's doing. He's finally built a brand where you can take it anywhere in the world and make it successful. So that's his plan now. Like, cause, that's amazing. You know, because he, he's also, he's, he's the oldest out of all of us. Um, and he's getting to that, to that point of his, of his life where he's like, yo, he needs to make it happen now yeah. or else it's never going to happen. So he's like going full out, you know, to do it. And it's, it's good to, to see it working for him. And then our other partner, Vanessa, she, um, you know, she got out of the club scene and out of uh, events and she started out, she started her own uh, yoga studio and now she's opened her own vegan cafe and she's doing very well right now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's dope to, to see how the guys have moved on from that, you know. Um, for yourself, business-wise, what are you doing? Because so, I mean, obviously yeah. you're DJing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, so, my, I decided to take a different direction. Because um, for nine, nine years, not that I neglected my DJing and my artistry, but it came second to the events. Of course. Because the events were making the money. Yeah. So, I kind of like wasn't as focused on it as I, as, as I used to be you before I joined Kulat. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what yeah. it became. So when Cool Out shut down, I was I decided, you know what, I want to focus on my artistry again. I wanna, I wanna, you know, like yeah, focus on on making my own EP because I've always been wanting to do it and I've been trying to do it, yeah, but it's just never really came about. The only thing I've seen you about. produce yeah. was with Stogie. 
Yeah, I mean, not enough. That other stuff is wild. No, but that's um, anything yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that was that was more more recently. But I've 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 done other stuff. I've I've done stuff for Kidex. I've done stuff for for Kuli China uh, for Reason. So yeah, I've I've done a few things here and there. Um, but I've never really taken it seriously enough to actually try and make a career, like to become either a, a producer or something like that, or you know, or or, or build these crazy DJ sets that I can take around the world and you know they're not it's not just playing music it's also making music on the spot and finger drumming and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know turntablism like that's 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 what I want to do now I want to focus your skills back yeah I want to focus back on my artistry and start making music you know like that's my focus but I mean there are there are there are a few ideas for for events that I have there's a really there's a really dope concept I wish I could share it but uh, I don't want to I don't want to jinx it uh, but there's this really dope concept that um that I want to do um and hopefully bring it to Durban and, and also take it to oh, Cape Town. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it it will it will. Uh, one thing I can't say about it is it, it is definitely gonna gonna push DJ culture, nice. like hectically, um because that's the main that's that's like the main theme of it is I want to push DJ culture. So um, well, we'll which see, aspects? Because yeah. do you battle much or like, no no like, I, 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 I hung up, I hung up my gloves in well my battling gloves in twenty fourteen. Okay. That was the last DJ battle that I did. Was that before Three Star started and stuff? Or no, no, Three Star had actually started. Actually, yeah. that year, actually, uh, it had started. And I don't even remember. I was a bit upset that they didn't holler at me. But <laughs> I ended up doing a tag year DJ battle. Okay. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool because I had international DJs that came down for to battle as well. Suck. Yeah, and I, I, I came second, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I like, you know, like, I was like, man, you know, I fucked it up. And then they were like, oh, this guy won. I'm like, oh, but fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, well, I didn't actually say that out loud, but in my mind, I was like, oh, come on, I was better. Yeah. You know, but the, okay. guy that, but the guy that won it actually become, me and him became really good friends. His name's DJ Ron. He's from Switzerland. Okay. Very very dope DJ. He actually just won um Red Bull Freestyle this year, uh, this year um for Switzerland. Okay. So he'll be he'll be at the World Finals. Very very cool dude, man. Like we 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 became really good friends. Um, but so that was yeah, that was the last time that I battled, and I was that's like, not something yeah. you're looking getting back into. Like I don't know, you know, maybe, you know if I ever if I ever feel the need to, I might. Um, but I'm 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 very much. You know what? Actually, funny enough, especially I think like with guys is, like Gremlin yeah. and Ryan out there at the moment, like it would be a good yeah. competition. Yeah, to no see doubt, no doubt. Right. And, and what I was actually just about to say was that there, there is a possibility because I mean, with these sets that I'm building, you know, these entertainment DJ performance sets. Yeah. Um, those are very very like Red Bull three style sets, exactly. you know, because they contain music, they contain creativity, originality, skill. You know what I mean? Um, and these are these are this is what Red Bull Freestyle is about right now. So you never know. Maybe, maybe one day I'll just be like, ah, yo, let me just try it out. You know, let me let me try to enter Red Bull Freestyle. But since then, like I've just yeah, like the events were the main thing. Um, and now I just want to get back into like my artistry. Um, you know, and just doing different stuff, man. Like especially like with the DJ sets that I do. I also work with a drummer as well, so I do like DJ drumming sets. Um, I used to have an, uh, this band called Tria. Um, what am I saying? Tria. That's my other band. Shout out <laughs> to all the the, the THC fans out there, the Thought fans. Um, but I had another band that I actually yeah, created. Yeah, Tria's on the Sea was amazing. Like yeah, Tria. Yeah, like, that was my favorite. Like even though I made my own band, but Tria on the Sea was the, my favorite band that I was a part of. And I mean, we achieved a lot of a lot of dope shit for a band. A band from Durban. Yes, definitely. Did, we like, could have. We could have definitely gone further. I, like I always think about it, and I'm always like, man, we should have actually never left Durban. We should have just stayed in Durban, but I just think we, we wanted, you know, we wanted, wanted to try. Success, you know? you wanted yeah, to, we and, wanted to try. And, and there was a lot of interest, man. We had Universal yeah. Records that were interested. We had Motif Records, which uh, oh, yeah, to yeah. me yeah. from uh, Stogie T. It was his, his uh, record label. He was interested. That so been there was, amazing. man. But I just think, you know, egos and um, just 
the inability to try and make shit work when mm. shit is not working and being young was, creators, yeah, it was what was what me- was what was messed it up and you know other guys started moving back to Durban and being you know, a band like without a, like a yeah. proper like manager or like a band dad or band mom like who can like really keep everyone together yeah like, yeah that's the thing and that was the thing we didn't have management at that when we moved because we left uh, we used to, we were managed by this guy named Ruben Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, and so when we left, when we left his stable, we had nobody in 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 Joburg. Um, we were actually this one guy named Bernie Mac. What was that? <laughs> Bernie Mac. Um, Hardy Mac. Sorry, Hardy, Hardy Mac. Mac. Oh, no, Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. You know Hardy. Yeah. So Hardy Mac was actually very. Interested. He did street cred. Yes, yeah, he did yeah. street cred. Yeah. So he was very interested in 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 um in managing us. And he actually put us on Street Cred when, when they had Street Cred the second year in Joburg. Which one? I, I, did, I, was, I went to the one that was like, yeah, in Mabuneng. In Mabuneng, yeah, because yeah, they had yeah. two in Mabuneng. Yeah, so okay. the first Street Cred was in 2010, and then in 2011 they had it in Joburg. Okay. And it was, uh, it was in Mabuneng. Yeah, yeah. And then they had it again in 2012 in Mabuneng. So we got put on the 2011 one. We, we were put on I as think, a band. Yeah, I think I was there. It was the year that was the same year. Yes, yes, I was about yes, to say yes, that was the same year the Office London came down. Um, so yeah, so we got put on that. He put us on that, but it, it, the, the it just never really worked out. And then obviously, like I said, with everything else that was happening, and then the the band ended up splitting up. But uh, but yeah, that was great, man. I mean, we we released an album. We it's a dope you know, album. we uh, like... we won SA Battle of the Bands. Yeah. We were the first band from Durban to to win it. You know, um, no, like I yeah. remember, Travel on the Sea was like a shining light for Durban for like a little while. Like yeah. especially when you guys left as well, we were all like. Band's gonna make it. Yeah, man. Like, like, look, we all. I think we all shared that sentiment because we knew we were dope, man. Yeah. And, we, and we had Amazing we had something. Talents, yeah, we like, had something that no other band in the country had. You know, it was just it was just. Yeah, I think if everyone could have found their feet properly in Joburg and the egos didn't get in the way, I think it could have still worked out. But um, but there's talks, man. I've talked of a reunion show. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, me, Raheem, and um. And, and Ross have been actually talking about it. So we'll see, man. It might happen this year. I hope it does. It would be really nice to jam again with the guys. Um, but I know that Dylan, the guitarist, is yeah, moving yeah. To, to the UK very soon. He's in Joburg at the moment, or is he back in Dylan? No, he's here. He's here. Oh, he, yeah. moved, he moved back, but he's moving to the UK. Um, so Dylan we're Silk, hoping... Yeah. We're, oh, yeah, Dylan Silk. So we're hoping that we can either do it before he leaves, or maybe he'll just have to come back when he comes to visit, and we'll try to... You know, uh, program or uh, uh, schedule it for around that time. And your other band that you started? So my other band was called FTTA, Sampling Through the Ages. Um, you like and it your was... initialization. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't really initialize it when I started it. I was just like Sampling Through the Ages. And the reason why I called it that was because it was a concept band. So there was no front man. There was yeah. no singer. There was no rapper. It was a drummer, two DJs, and a, um, and a producer that were in the band. The producer also sang as well. But he kind of acted as our hype man. Yeah. So the way we, we used to do, the uh, way we used to approach our sets was like a DJ set being performed live. So you have two DJs, uh, the guy's on the drums, he's also got an MPC. How do you coordinate yeah. that though? It was, it was a lot of work, I won't lie. But, but, but it was because we all shared the same, the same goal. And we all were like very much in, li- in link with, with one another when it came to the type of music that we wanted to, to create and to play. Um, it made it pretty easy, man. It wasn't okay. really that hectic for us to you like... You up nicely. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't that hectic. Because that concept sounds pretty difficult to do. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, like a lot of people didn't understand it. Especially when they saw us perform, they were like, okay, what are you guys actually doing, you know? Um, and then eventually people started picking up on it and we started getting recognized. And, you know, like, I mean, Trias of... What am I saying? STTA <laughs> was like... Um, I mean, we were only around for three years. We were banned for three years. And in those three years, like, yo, we achieved a lot, like more than most bands achieved. We played Cape Town Jazz Fest. 
Do you think your previous experiences like had helped you with that? Like I think it helped me in a sense of like how to actually navigate make, navigate it and make it work and you know m- like try to make the sound also more appealing. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and all of us, all of us, all the musicians except for the producer who was Jonique, um, but myself, uh, the other DJ who was DJ Reiko, and um, a drummer who was J Star uh, who used to drum okay, for, yeah, yeah. for Lira. So we all had musical backgrounds. We had worked with different artists. You know, we had worked in, in live bands. Was it already. wasn't your first band because those are usually like yeah terrible. Well, like yeah. they work out badly and like you know like you'd ma- you manage yourselves badly. You don't know how to negotiate. <laughs> you don't know yeah, how yeah, to yeah, do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we actually had when, a manager. Once, yeah, once yeah, you've had yeah. some experience in everything, you go like, cool. Well, we need to do this. We need to do that because you know where you failed before. Like yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, our experiences definitely did help us. And then we had a, we had this one lady, Levi, who was actually helping us out with management. Levi? Uh, yeah, Levi is an uh, Indian lady. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. I think I know who she is. Yeah, know? she, 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 people do know her. She, she's known as an artist manager. Yeah, I know that, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she tried to, yeah, she tried to help us out, man. Shame. Um, and yeah, I mean, but we, yeah, we did a lot, man. I mean, K-Town Jazzfest for a band that was only together for three years. We played K-Town Jazzfest in our, th- in our and, second year. Yeah, it's not easy know? to get And it's there. not, like, man. <laughs> I mean, we did Rocking the Daisies. We did, uh, the, 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 that for yeah, the Standard Bank well. Jazz, the Standard Bank Jazz yeah. Festival. We did that as well. We, we played right before Jamiroquai. You know what I mean? So like, like, yo, for a band that was together for three years, we accomplished a lot. And unfortunately, one of our bandmates, uh, wife passed away. Um, and yeah, that kind of just threw everything into disarray because he, he had lost his passion for music after that. I can imagine, man. And like, um, music, just out of respect, we just thought it wouldn't be dope for us because he was like, oh, he's done. He's, he's, he's no, he has no passion for music anymore. You can't replace him. Yeah, and we didn't want to replace him. And then we, would thought, we, we thought, okay, let it just be the three of us. And then we were like, nah, you know, just out of respect, man, let's not do that. You know, let's rather just, yeah, either do something different or just, you know, end it there. And so it was like, okay, cool. And yeah, we, we stopped STTA there. But me and J-Star, the drummer, still work a lot together. Um, and Jonique, is, he's actually doing pretty well right now as a producer. Um, he has some of his stuff featured on the, um, Soul Selection already. Okay. So like, yeah, so he's, he's doing really well. And we still meet up and we still like jam together and um, we make music together. I've produced stuff for Jonique. He's produced stuff for me as well. Um, so yeah, so it's... it's, 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 it's 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 sad. It was sad to see it to, to see it had to come to an end because it was original, man. There was nothing like that in in the world. You know what I mean? There was nothing yeah. like that in the world. And we influenced a few bands as well, like Johnny Cradle. Um, they were heavily influenced by us when okay. they saw us. They were like, "Wow, like, you know, these guys are so dope. You know, they use all this equipment, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and stuff." And they were like, "Wow," because I, you know, I had my decks and and I had my MPC as well. So I'd used to I'd use that like just to adding layers and stuff like that. So they like they they saw that and they were like, oh, this is so dope. We should do this, you know. And then they started their thing. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is different, but it would like like I said, the formula was, was the same. Yeah. But they did it in their own way, and I love Jenny Cradle, man. Like I was like, wow, this is a dope band, you know. Um, patiently waiting for their next album, you know. <laughs> they took a bit of a break because uh, I did see Laz, the DJ, a few weeks ago, and he was telling me now nah, that they, they they're just taking a break, but they they definitely they have a second album already. They recorded the second album, but yeah, well, the one one of the guys is actually do, busy with his solo album, so they're gonna they're gonna push that push his first, and then they're gonna release the second Johnny Cradle album. So I was like, okay, dope, man. As long as you guys are still doing your thing, yo, don't let that shit die, man, because it yo, it's sad to see something with so much potential just go to waste, you know. Um, not that STTA went to waste. We had our reasons for why we. Yeah, you were, you were yeah. a time period, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like but it was dope, man. It was an amazing experience. Um, fuck, man. We opened for Mob Deep as well, you know? Like, so, 
You know what I mean? So you didn't do the Durban show, did you? No. Which one? Mobdeep. No, 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 no. Mobdeep only did uh, Jungle. Okay. Because that was for Sprite Uncontainable. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking of this other gig that I can't remember who it was. And I thought Mobdeep came to them, but it's some other bar. Anyway. Um, I was gonna say, how, how's your EP coming along? Like, I mean, it's it's getting there um, because I'm trying to do the majority of it on my own in yeah. terms of production. Um, I don't consider myself a producer yet. I'm still learning, um, but I'm getting better. You know, like when I play my beats to people, they're like, "Oh, yeah, this is actually pretty dope." You know, like you've got something here. You know, but also with producing or or with anything that you want to learn, the more you keep doing it, the better you become at it. Well, what's, so, what are yeah. the differences like when it comes to producing versus like DJing? Because obviously, DJing you. I mean, you can literally produce new music out yeah. of, you know, different songs. And I'm sure you, yeah. you do that a lot. But then how, like when you're producing, do you take samples or do you take instruments? Or do you I mean, I, I, any, any process that, that feels comfortable at the time, you know, yeah. like if I, if I hear a sample that I like, then I'll sample. Um, if I can come up with a pattern or a layer that, you know, I played myself that I think sounds really good and I'll start building around it, you know. Um, I would say it's almost the same. It's very similar to okay. DJing. Yeah, for for me, it's it's, it's, it's very very similar. Yeah, fit together. yeah, exactly. And then I also add in like elements of the DJing as well on my beats, like adding like a little cut here or there or something like, or even like trying to play a layer by doing a scratch. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So like so 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 it's coming along, man. Um, and how does it affect your DJing? Like, do you hear more stuff in songs now? Like or. Nah, no. nah, nah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, I think it's still the same, basically, okay. yeah, I think it's still the same, I think the only difference now is, um, the way that I can manipulate certain sounds and stuff, um, you know, because when you manipulate something as a turntable, it's, it's different to manipulating something as a producer, yeah. so that's the difference that I would say, uh, that I have with this, the mani- manipulation of sound is very different from producing to DJing, Okay. Uh, so yeah, so, so that's the thing. But uh, but yeah, but I mean, I'm hoping to have have this thing done before the end of the year, hopefully. If not, no, I mid no 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 put myself out too much too <laughs> end much of pressure. The year. But I would say yeah, towards the end Sometime of the year, towards the end of the year, yeah yeah yeah, definitely this year. I definitely want to push it out this year. Um, are you, and, like, are you scared? Like, or you? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, okay. of course, man. I am nervous, you know, because it's my first project. It's my fir- uh, It's my own project. And you're not feeling you as know? confident about it as like you are about your DJ. Experience. Oh yeah, yeah, shot. Sure. Because <laughs> this is like this is unknown territory for yeah. me. But um, but to like, I'm not looking to like blow up off of it. All I want is just I just want people's I just want people to 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 listen to it to understand what I'm trying to do as a producer and as a DJ and as an artist. And if they appreciate it, man, then that's that's just the, the icing on the cake, you know what I mean? Because um, what I actually, my plan was I'm going to release this EP, and if the response is good, then yeah. I was going to be like, yo, I'm going to try to do an album. But if the response is like mediocre or, or not good at all, then I'll just be one of those things that like, ah, oh, you know, at least I tried, I put my own shit out there. Sure, you know but I mean? like, even if people don't like it, who used to say your album won't do better? Yeah, true, that is very true, that is very I think it. I think at the end of the day, it just depends on how I feel about it personally once yeah. it comes out. Um, but I don't think it will stop me from making music. I don't. I don't think so at all. Just by releasing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, because like there's a lot of artists. Like I said, I've produced for a few yeah. artists. So there's always that a opportunity. Yeah, you know, there's always that opportunity to still produce for other people instead of doing my own stuff. But uh, but yeah, but we'll see, man. Like, I've, I've I'm trying to build a concept around it so that the 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 the, the story kind of becomes the narrative of the music as opposed to just it being music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I need people to understand that. Yo, I'm a DJ and I'm I'm getting into this production thing. You know what I mean? So don't expect because I'm a hip hop DJ now you're gonna hear trap songs and shit like that. No, you're gonna hear different styles of music. You're gonna 
um, you know, some of them are gonna be beat. Some of them are gonna be with rappers that I that you know that I know and and that respect I respect and they respect me. You know what I mean? So that's it's it's gonna be interesting. I think once once I once I'm done with it and I've and I've finally got the concept right and I can start recording it and get this package, uh, you know, completed and then release it and then we'll see, man, what people think about it. Yeah, I guess it's kind of interesting in that, like, in comparison to a DJ set, it's forever you know yeah like, yeah exactly like, yeah, yeah yeah the like, music will always be there yeah like you know if you like don't like something about a dj set you played like you know and you think about it the next day you're like oh i can just change it next time yeah exactly like, yeah yeah you can always like, forget about it oh yeah everybody has it yeah everybody has it so yeah so that's so that's um so that's the one thing but at least um what 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 i'm mostly excited about is the fact that i've got a lot of support from from my from my industry friends yeah. that want to actually jump on the record with me guys like reason ginger trill rouge pretty ugly kid yeah, like that's, you know yeah because uh, I've, I've 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 mentioned it to them to some of them and they're I like mean, wow, you really you're making your own ep yeah they're like you're making an ep like yo man just tell us we'll be there you know what I mean? So that I'm that's that's what I'm. Minutes, yeah, so. that's yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm excited about is that I've got support from some of my favorite local artists, and yeah, now it's just about putting this shit together, man, and 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 releasing it, and hoping that people understand it and and enjoy it at the same time. Sweet. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this chat. It's been yeah, really man, it's, dope. Yeah, very dope, very insightful. I like, I like, I like being able to touch on these, you know, these certain these certain things about, especially yeah. about being. In the industry, man, because a lot of people don't see the nitty gritty that goes on behind you. All you see is the success, but a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of shit that happens behind the scenes as well. You know, um, a lot of backstabbing, <laughs> a lot of lying. You know, but when you but when you eventually do make it, it's good. But you got to keep yourself, you know, um, composed check, yeah. and in check, man. Because as soon as you as as quick as you can get it, you can lose it as quickly as well. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Yeah. But one of the things I also think people are going to get out of this is just like a history of Durban that they didn't really know, you know, like... Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't even think I really touched on a lot, no, to be honest. Like, yeah, there's a lot more than happening. We'll have to do this again, because yeah, I know, no like, <laughs> you DJ for Toya and, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that, so, would, that would be dope to also touch on. But, yeah, I man, I hope to, I hope to come down uh, back really soon. I, I want to try and do Durban as much as possible this year. Um, cause like I was telling you earlier, like I get more love in Cape Town than I do in Durban, you know. Um, but I really wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's, it's, it's a very, very new generation. But at the same time, the guys that are the that are the that are the gatekeepers are guys that I know yeah. here. You know what I mean? So I still have the ability, the, you know, I have the context, and I still have the the possibility to to still you know penetrate Durban properly. So I'm hoping that I will do that, man. And um, yeah, I just want to also say thank you to to Ryan and Mitchell uh, for bringing me down for Roots Up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I really look forward to the event. I've I've actually before they even asked me to come through, I was already a fan of the event because I'm a fan of any event that celebrates uh creativity yeah and, and pushes know, different yeah. kinds yeah of genres, genres and styles and yeah like, exactly yeah that's what i appreciate but what roots up does is they they're continually trying to bring different things in front of word you. yeah no like, doubt they'll yeah. give you some popular stuff as well but like yeah like you'll be dancing to the popular stuff and then someone mm. you've never heard of will come on yeah then, no like, doubt yeah and people will stay dancing which is dope like that's oh, yeah what i like about the culture yeah no yeah so, so I, I really look forward to that um damn i know this podcast will probably come out after it's on but next week wednesday is it so. all right cool so hopefully you would have come through and checked my set out <laughs> and liked what i did um and the thank you for supporting thank you for always coming through and thank you Bob for having me on the podcast man I really look forward to coming down again and continuing this conversation a bit yeah man same <laughs> shut, shut. shut later bro easy